Good morning. Thank you, Kim, for leading us. That was wonderful. I've missed church. I don't know about you guys. We've been in a series called Campfire Favorites where we've been getting together and sharing some of our favorite stories from the Bible. Some of them have been little stories. Some of them have been grand sweeping epics. And we've shared how they've touched us and how they've made us laugh and how they've made us cry and how they've changed us. And today, I get to make one last contribution to this series. Um, It's been really great having members of the congregation come and share, but today I get to do one more. So I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite people in the Bible. But let's open with a word of prayer first. Heavenly Father, we come before you with our hearts open, with our ears open, our minds ready to receive, Father. There are many things weighing on us, Lord. We lay them before you that we could receive at your feet. Pray that you be with us today. Amen. We have had a hard week. Justina mentioned passing of our dear little Samuel. Ruined my week. I don't know about you guys. We've also had 120 new cases of COVID since we last met. 120 in Manitoba. Now, we've had like 80 people recover from COVID in the last week, right? I don't, I don't want to present this too badly. Our case numbers have only, our total active cases have only gone up by about 15. But over 100 people have been diagnosed with this disease in our province since we last met last Sunday. It has been a hard week. And in hard times, We question, we ask, we wonder, God, where are you? What's going on? I have a friend who messaged me just a few days ago. He had a a dog pass about two, three weeks ago. And it was very sudden, it was very tragic. And he found out on Friday, his other dog has an aggressive form of cancer. And he's going, how, where, what, what's going on? And this is, this is what we do, this is natural. We ask these questions. And so on this week, I bring to you the story of Thomas, one of the apostles of Jesus, whom we often call Doubting Thomas. Now, I don't believe that nickname is fair, but it's what we call him. I find Thomas deeply relatable. I hope you do too. You see, I like Thomas not because he doubts, but because Thomas wants to understand this is, this is something that I think about a lot. Uh, Thomas, Thomas wants to understand. He asks questions. He, he tries to see things in ways that the other disciples don't always. Thomas appears in all four Gospels, but he only actually gets to speak in the Gospel of John. He appears meaningfully. I mean, he appears in all the stories, right? Because all the disciples are there. But he appears meaningfully in only three stories, And he speaks only four sentences in the entire Gospel of John. The first story that he appears in is in the death and resurrection of Lazarus story, where Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Thomas has one line in there. It's not relevant to today. We're going to skip over that one. But John, or sorry, Thomas speaks in John chapter 14 and verse 5, where he says, oh, I've left my Bible down here. I'm going to have trouble reading scripture to you guys. 
It's been a while since I've done this in person, remember? We're still ironing out the kinks. In John chapter 14, Jesus is speaking with the disciples. And Thomas says to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Thomas tees up Jesus for a spectacular revelation. But the context of this is in the story of the Last Supper. So we're in John chapter 14, and really this exchange starts in 13, verse 33, when Jesus says to them, My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told them, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. Skipping down to verse 36, Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. And Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. One of my favorite passages of scripture, right there. Thomas wants to understand. Jesus regularly speaks a little bit, little bit cryptically, a little bit in mysteries, and Thomas, Thomas wants to know, he wants to get it. I have a philosophy in my life, and my philosophy is this. Ask and look like a fool for a minute, or don't ask and actually be a fool for the rest of your life. I, I would rather ask the question that seems dumb so that I actually understand. You would not have enjoyed having me in your classroom <laughs> as a student. I always sat in the front row and I dragged my friends there with me. Uh, because I wrestle with wanting to understand. For many people, God said it and I believe it is good enough. And I, often I am that. But sometimes I struggle. Sometimes things come up. Sometimes things happen in our week. Sometimes our world hurts. And I ask, why, how? It's part of why I so enjoy the study of things like apologetics and philosophy and theology because these are things that seek to, seek, seek to speak God's thoughts after him, to understand the ways of God in the ways that he has presented them. But God is okay with struggle. The Psalms are full of struggle. Many of the Psalms are referred to as Psalms of disillusionment or as Psalms of realignment because the writer has so lost his connection with God and he's searching for him and he's struggling. God is okay with struggling. And it reminds me of the cry of the man in Mark chapter nine whose son has a demon. I believe. Help my unbelief. So Thomas shows us that it's okay 
to struggle in our faith. It's okay, God is okay with it. God wants us to seek after him and to try to understand, and he honors that. Thomas asks Jesus a question, and Jesus honors it with an answer. And so I want us to know that it's okay for us to have questions. The other, the other story where we, find, where we find Thomas is in John chapter 20, verses 24 to 29. This happens after the resurrection. Jesus has already appeared to the rest of the disciples, but Thomas wasn't with them for whatever reason. But this is where his nickname comes from. This is where we get the Doubting Thomas nickname from. Still reading in verse 24. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, was one of the 12 who was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Hold on, stop right there. There's more story, but I think it's important to note that Thomas was with them. Thomas missed out on seeing Jesus, and he had this great moment that we have defined him forever by, of him saying, unless I see this, I won't believe. But he still went. It's so easy for us when we struggle to take this as a sign that we should give up. Well, I'm doubting, therefore, I should stop. I don't know how to deal with this, therefore, I shouldn't follow it any further. I don't understand how God could do this, so I better not worship him anymore. But Thomas follows through. Thomas issues a challenge. He says, I won't believe unless I can put my fingers in the holes, but my hand in the side where the spear pierced him. But Thomas shows up. Thomas wants to understand, and he's going to pursue that understanding because he knows how important this is, that everything else stands on it. Resilient faith is a constant theme throughout the Bible. Think of Peter's denial. Think of all the stories of David. As I said before, many of the Psalms involve a resilient faith. Thomas shows us that when we struggle, we need to not walk away. We need to stick through the struggle. Let's try reading that passage again and see if I don't can get through it. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Thomas doesn't doubt. Thomas believes. Thomas wants to understand. Thomas asks for a sign. Thomas gets his sign. And then Thomas makes an amazing and beautiful profession of belief. But not only that, Thomas acts on that belief. We don't have any more stories of Thomas going back and saying, oh, I don't know, did that really happen? Was that really Jesus? Did Jesus really rise from the dead? 
Thomas puts that faith to work and he says, no, this thing happened and I am now going to build my life on it because nothing matters after meeting the risen Jesus. Christian tradition tells us that Thomas went east, evangelizing as he went. He eventually died a martyr's death in India, not somewhere that we often think of early Christian missionary work. But Thomas, according to tradition, went that far. And there is, to this day, a group of Christians in India who refer to themselves as St. Thomas Christians. Now, when we struggle, unfortunately, we can't put our fingers into the holes of the hands. We can't ask to put our hands into the sides. Not physically, anyway. But there are other ways that the, the Lord speaks to us. The Lord has given us his Holy Spirit and he's with us at all times. And I unfortunately can't just give you the answer here because this is going to be between you and God. What comes up as a sign for you may not be a sign for me. Janet and I were talking this morning about how people connect with God differently and this wonderful moment that she had with the Lord when she was out in nature. I don't relate. I don't connect with God in nature. But I connect with God very deeply when I read theology or philosophy or apologetics. We, we connect with God in different ways, and so I cannot tell you what ways God will encourage you in and what you can hold on to. This is going to have to be something that you do for homework, where you grab on to the thing that God has given you. But maybe, just maybe, those things could be an encouragement that you received when you desperately needed it, and it was just exactly what you needed to hear. Maybe it was a time when you were used by God, when you had an opportunity and you went, I, I can't do this, and then suddenly you did, and you had this revelation that God just used me. God just spoke through me, God just worked through my hands, whatever the circumstance may have been. Or maybe it's a moment of real connection with the divine. Maybe you were in church, maybe you were worshiping God, maybe you were driving your car or reading your Bible, and you had this moment where the lights went on and you connected with God in this profound, unusual way. Thomas shows us that our faith can be as strong as our doubt. For so many of us, it feels like faith is this little tower with the armies of doubt crashing all around it, seeking to overwhelm it. And yet Thomas shows us that although we have this great wave of doubt, we can return to it with a great wave of faith, and Thomas lives that out for the rest of his life. We all struggle with doubt. Let us cling to our experiences of God and hold on to the truth that the Lord has given us through his Son, through his Spirit, through his Word, to hold on to him. I hope that Thomas can be an inspiration to you when doubt rears its head, as he is to me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the person of Thomas and the example that he gave to us. Thank you, Lord, for the mercy that you showed to Thomas when he doubted your resurrection. Thank you, Lord, for the mercy that you show to us when we doubt your goodness or power. We pray, Lord, that you would give each one of us a fresh revelation this week, Lord. Not because we need it, but because you love us because you want us to be strong in you and to hold fast to the faith that we were given, Lord. 
pray that we would continue to receive all that you have for us and that you would give us those things that we need to be your people in a dark world. Pray this in your name. Amen.